All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Man, it's good to be here this morning on this beautiful day. Uh, we do have the regular hosts around the table today, Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring. Very so glad you're be, here, brother. Very good to be here with you. And we actually have Russ back um, from Cloverdale. Can you cue up the symbols, please? I, I was kind of in protest, and I've ended my protest, and now I'm back. So. How was the... Or I was on vacation. Now, you did a wedding. He officiated, I did. I officiated <laughs> a, a wedding. Yes, wedding. That's right. Did I go well? That It did. Uh, yeah. All right, Let's just say that I need to stop being involved in weddings in the Midwest in the summer that are outdoor weddings. Was it bad weather? Um, it was 90 and humid. Oh. So you can fill in whether that was bad. On? Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, man, that just makes me sweat just thinking about it. I may have been the only person looking into the sun during the, oh, during the did ceremony. Did you have sunglasses on? I didn't. I should have, but yeah. it's awful. Well, I'm Josh Bales from The Weld Church. We're glad that you're here today. And then we have a special ghost, a special <laughs> guest, not a ghost, special guest with us today, Emily Bateman. Um, and she's here because we're talking about her Psalter project. Can you tell us a little bit about that this morning? Yeah, it's all about singing the Psalms. And thanks so much, by the way, for having me on. It's we're, a privilege. We're glad you're here. I um, noticed that she th- said thank you at the front end. I'm just hoping by the yeah. end of the <laughs> You might want to reserve that thank you until the end. <laughs> um, yeah, so we take the Psalms from the Bible and put them to music. It's original music and uh, faithful translations of Scripture so that we can say with confidence we are singing the very Word of God. Now, is this for... Uh, is this like performance type singing or is it for churches, congregational? Yes, both. <laughs> okay. So just by the very nature of the Psalms, some of them are very difficult to put into congregational settings. Um, they may be very, very long or use some foreign terminology like Ephratha. <laughs> um, so we, we do our best to make them as accessible as possible to a modern congregation. Um, while at the same time, we absolutely will not compromise that this is the Word of God. We're going to present what it is, how it is. And you have a concert coming up, too. Yes. Uh, so we have two concerts coming up this summer to uh, help bring in our new album titled Bitter Herbs. Uh, so one's going to be on Friday, June 24th at Cloverdale. Thank you Yay! so much, Pastor Russ, <laughs> for hosting us. <laughs> um, and the other one's going to be in Kleiner Park. Uh, Saturday, July 16th. Awesome. Now, they can find out information at salterproject.com. Yes, and that is P-S-A-L-T-E-R-P-R-O-J-E-C-T. So, Salter with a P. Salter from the Psalms. As in the Psalms, yes. <laughs> the Psalms. The Psalms. The Salter Project. Sing Psalms. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about the Psalms then. Um, we're, we're thankful that you're here. Um it, you know, the Psalms is the largest book in the Bible, 150 chapters. Actually, when, a, few, a few weeks ago when we were talking about what our favorite book is, at least two of us said that, that the Psalms are our favorite book, maybe, maybe all three of us. But um, is there a structure or outline for the book of Psalms as we're looking at it? So with the outline structure of the book of Psalms, there, there are actually five books within the one book. Um, and so... Chapters 1 through 41, then 42 to 72, 73 to 89, 90 to 106, 107 to 150. We don't know for sure when that structure came into play. When they're they, collections. They're those they're, collections. They're, they're but there seems to be some common themes that 
unite each of the of the books as subunits within within the whole. It's not an exact There's, science. Yeah, the Psalms are a book of praise, and they, in fact, it will begin with praise mm-hmm. and it will end with praise. The last last five of the Psalms um, begins and ends with praise the Lord. Um, you know, we're, it's interesting that each of the books, each of the five books, ends with a doxology. So that there is a doxological aspect, like you get to the end of book one and it's praise to straight up praise to God in a doxology. End of book two, the same thing. So there is a structure to it. There is a um, some sort of system that was in play. Um, we're thousands of years removed from that, so it's hard to know exactly what was in the mind of the people that that structured the it, five It wasn't books. just randomly. No. Uh, it, it's not just random, you know, 150 poetry readings. It's, it is, a, there is a structure it, that is guiding us to praise, and it, it will bring us through different parts of the emotions that mm-hmm. you will find in the Psalms. Well, it's a thing, like the, the Psalms can be used as a devotional book. You guys have mentioned praise already, mm-hmm. but there are several Psalms that teach us how to confess our sins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are, um, so Psalm 32 and Psalm 51, there are several Psalms that teach us how to lament and um, express sorrow and, and godly complaints. That, that fits into the Psalter projects. Uh, yeah, comp- bitter herbs. Uh, bitter herbs. Yep. It, it, you're dealing mostly with the Psalms of lament. Yes, Psalms of lament and anger, and actually also bringing in the historical aspect. The centerpiece of this album is really Psalm 106, which concludes, was it book four, I believe? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it concludes one of the books. Yep, it is. <laughs> um, and so it's one of those long psalms. It's hard to put into a congregational context. We did split it into three parts, but because um, it goes through Israel's history, basically from the Exodus from the Red Sea all the way up into exile, and it talks it, over all these different topics about lament, about anger, about confessing our sins, and then ultimately ending in that benediction of praise and giving glory to God. Just a, a little side note to that: it there are some people that. Um, C.S. Lewis would talk about chronological snobbery, um, this idea that the present is all that we need, that modern thought is superior to that which is old. Um, I think the Psalms themselves highlight the need, the necessity to remember history, to know history, and to use history for your benefit, for your good. Um, And that section of the Psalms, Psalm 104, 105, 106, Mm -hmm. are, are three very pretty extensive historical psalms that are are replaying the history of Israel with the spiritual component to it. Um, what are we supposed to learn from this history that, that the people well, of God... One of the aspects of the psalms uh, that people don't necessarily think about all that much, as opposed to other kinds of worship music, is that it connects us in a very unique way with other Christians, not only around the world... Um, sometimes pe- people like to think about different kinds of authentic worship music. Maybe that's happening in Africa or in China or different continents and countries. But the Psalms co- connect us not only with people who are in different places of the world, but also in different times of the world. The church universal um, mm-hmm. throughout all the ages. Yeah. So when is, we confess, this is the common possession of the whole church. The, yeah. psal- the Psalms. We, we all possess the Psalms. One. It's. It is somewhat. Um, refreshing that there is a 
in a sense, a resurgence of people uh, wanting to sing the Psalms because I, th- I think uh, maybe a past generation, particularly those that you know didn't have as many translations of the Bible, we all had the King James. Uh, there was a, there's a certain familiarity with some of the words that you might hear in the Psalms, and and everybody had that familiarity. And then also um, in the past, you know. Th- most churches had um, psalms as part of their singing, mm-hmm. and uh, you know at least, and also extensive readings of of the psalms in in uh, in a worship service. Mm-hmm. You know whether you were re- reading them antiphonally or just uh, having them read. Those were that was a common thing. But you know as uh, as churches become more screen oriented is rather than having a book in front of them uh, there was there was a less and less use of the psalm and i think it's really wonderful that we're getting back to 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 using the psalms Mm -hmm. when we we talk about god's that the the psalms are a devotional book um i'm not sure about you guys but sometimes when i'm in worship of god i find that my vocabulary is too limited um Mm -hmm. And for me, the book of Psalms helps me in that category. It helps me um, express my thanksgiving to him. Mm-hmm. It helps me with expressions of praise. Um, it walks me through, well, what is a good biblical confession? Yes. Um, how do I take um, my frustrations and um my lament to God, where all of a sudden I'm struggling and and I'm not understanding what God is doing. I'm not understanding the circumstances that He has me in, and I I want to I want to express that to God, but I don't I don't sometimes have the words. Yeah, well, because you don't want to do it in a way that that's disrespectful to God. Well, right? what's wonderful is that actually God gave you these words to give yeah. back to Him. But this this is the inspired Scripture, so He actually gave you the vocabulary to talk to Him yeah. with. Uh, the yeah. uh, the subjects to talk to him about if if romans uh, if the book of romans is a is a book on dogmatic theology then the book of psalms is a book on poetical theology c.s lewis once said that a man can't always be defending the truth there must be a time to feed on the truth and that's mm-hmm. what the psalms does it allows you to to sit down and feed off of all these different elements that are in um the word i, I would say um so it's it's 2022. Uh, America and the world is facing you know significant challenges. Um, every generation faces significant challenges. I think one of the things that the Psalms does is it gives us a confidence um, in the victory of Christ's kingdom. Like if you mm-hmm. consider Psalm 46, that's where we got. Uh, um, Martin Luther's a mighty, a mighty fortress. fortress is our God. If we if we consider Psalm seventy two, that's where we got Jesus shall reign from um, wherever the sun shall. I, I forget the last part. It's every time. But Jesus shall reign, okay? And then um, Psalm 98, that's where we get the Christmas hymn, um, Joy to the World. I mean, so the Psalms provide this great confidence in the victory I actually of don't think kingdom. Isaac Watts was re- writing a Christmas carol. He was writing a hymn on Psalm 98. Right, And right. we just called it a Christmas carol. Right. I mean, ultimately. Ultimately, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, one more thing maybe um, – there are several acrostics in the psalm in the Psalter. So Psalm 25, 34, 37, 111, 112, 119, 145. Acrostic is just where one line begins with uh, 
uh, a particular letter and then the next line picks up on it and so it's it's a it's a it's a mnemonic device to help us to memorize the psalms and so god designed the psalms that we would hide them in our heart mm-hmm. um and so i mean it's like again poetical theology meant for us to feed on to feast off of I would even take poetical theology, theology one step further and say emotional theology. Mm. Um, emotions are something that we, as humans, <laughs> have difficulty with. I'll just put it that way. Um, I'm I'm the only lady in the group uh, right now, so um, I can, I guess, maybe uh, also just say that you know, there's. Some of us maybe struggle more with it than others. <laughs> um, a, a lot of women, there's been a huge amount of devotional literature devoted towards and targeted towards women and their emotions. Um, but none of them can address emotions the way the Psalms do. Mm-hmm. Um, because, uh, like you were saying earlier, Russ, um, it's the only place where we can go where our emotions can be not only expressed, but also trained expressed and trained in accordance with God's word so that we we have a cornerstone we have a foundation we're not um we're not left with just wondering where our emotions should go or what to do with them and also emotions that we don't necessarily feel easily um i i struggle to feel anger sometimes because that's um not an emotion that's easy for me, but the Psalms express it, and so I have to learn how to deal with it. I'll let John Calvin have the final word. Um, he is talking about that same idea that he calls the the Psalms the anatomy of all parts of the soul, for there is not an emotion of which anyone can be conscious that is not here represented as in a mirror, or rather the Holy Spirit has not or is here drawn to life all the griefs, sorrows, fears, doubts, hopes, cares, perplexities, in short, all the distracting emotions with which the mind of men are wont to be agitated. Get that all from the Psalms. Yep. We'll see you next time.